Ion 2020, episode 307. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here. You know me. I'm the host of Ion 2020. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate those that continue to listen to the show. And uh, thank you if you're a new first-time listener, because uh, somehow I got you with some clickbait on my on the uh, naming of the show. Who knows? Or maybe you just had some friend that referred you over, and uh, he just felt like it would be a good idea to listen. I'd appreciate those that continue to listen, as well as those that are new and will start listening. And the best way to do that is by subscribing to the show. So hit that little subscribe button on whatever podcatcher you're listening through, and then we can go ahead and move on. So what I want to talk about today is you're seeing, I want to talk about COVID, okay? So you're seeing the spike in different areas of the country and all that. And I was just wondering, and I was just contemplating this, is maybe a lot of the states decided to start instituting the lockdowns or the business closings or the different policies they had way too early. And let me explain what I mean by this. If you look at every country, every area, first you see the major spike in China. That's where it started, right? Who knows when China started to get COVID-19 spreading around the Wuhan province, but they say they may have had it as early as November, or even even October, I've heard different numbers as well, or different dates as well. But you started to see a spike in Wuhan, China, in, in January and into February, but then by about mid-February, it starts to decrease. And they, it shows over about a two to three week period is where you start seeing the major amounts of death, the higher hospitalization rate, and so forth. And then you start hearing about COVID-19 and it starts moving into different areas of the world. And the first area that you start hearing about it at is up in northern Italy. And in northern Italy, they had their spike about mid-February through early March, right? And everyone was like, oh no, America's going to be just like Italy soon. We need to start taking precautions. But this was Italy. It wasn't all of Europe. It was Italy. But if you take all, if you take all of Europe into account from just Italy's numbers, because Italy is part of the European Union, then you would, it would look like all of Europe was spiking and having a crazy time at that point, right? But it was mostly just Italy. One city, one area of Italy that was really starting to get affected. It was like northern Italy. And that area had a lot of people that were from China that were there. And like I guess there was a lot of people that would move between China and that area of Italy. I'm not sure why. But you start seeing a lot of spike, a huge spike, and you start seeing the hospitalization rate go up, you start seeing the death rate go up, and so forth. And it was a wave. It went over about a two to three week period. 
And then you start hearing about it in Spain. You start hearing about it in England. Even in Sweden, where we all defend them as having a really relaxed policy. Or we defend them as libertarians as having a really relaxed policy. Because they didn't, they didn't really have this huge uh, lockdown like a lot of other areas did, especially in America. But even they had a wave. You could see the wave that happened in you know, late March, early April. And that was Sweden, but it was mostly Copenhagen, Sweden, which is the, is, or not Copenhagen, what's this? I can't remember the name of the capital of Sweden. Copenhagen's Denmark. Um, but you start seeing the spike at that point well as well. But, there's dip, but if you take the entire European Union into account, I don't think Sweden's part of the European Union. No, I believe they are, actually. I think Norway is the one that's not. But you would see that these countries are having these spikes at certain points. Think of a think of a European country as a state in the, in the United States because they're about the same size. A lot of them are 5-6 million people. New York has way more people than a lot of even some of the countries that are in Europe. But they're seeing waves at certain times and they usually last 2 to 3 weeks. And in America, first wave that you see is in Seattle, Washington state. You look at them, they had a higher, they had a relatively high death count at first. And they had their wave. And then you had New York, which starts to spike big time. And they had their wave at that point, and that lasted two to three weeks. There was a lot of predictions, there was a lot of dire forecasts, there was a lot of things that are saying, we're going to need 50,000 respirators, and we're going to run out of respirators, we're going to run out of hospital rooms, we're going to run out of this, we're going to run out of that, and it's just going to be terrible, and we're going to have deaths... You know, they did. They had a lot of deaths. A lot of that was mismanagement by the governor and the and the mayor of New York, who didn't take proper proper precaution, precautions when it came to retirees and old people in the nursing homes. So there you are looking at New York, and you're looking at it as our entire country. And at that point, right before New York started to see this major spike in April. And as they were trying, starting these dire predictions, that's when you start to see states start locking down. You had California locked down, New York locked down, then the entire country locked down by about late March into early May. And most of those places had not even seen too many cases of COVID by then. A couple hundred cases here, a couple hundred cases there. And you start to see these little tiny spikes, but if you look at it, they're nothing compared to what we're seeing now. But did they lock down too early? Did they... And what I mean by that is people can only take so much. If you're in New York City and you were locked down for four months, five months almost, yeah, there there would be a good positive reason for the mayor of New York to be be tell people to be very careful, don't go outside close down businesses and so forth, in a specific situation like that where it's spiking big time in New York, so you just gotta be careful, and libertarians we te- tend to not believe in the idea of the government forcing people to lock down, but you would have saw a lot of city or a lot of businesses close on their own you would have seen a lot of I mean you did see a lot of 
big events close off on their own. I mean, college basketball, the biggest thing in college basketball, the final or the the tournament, the basketball tournament for college basketball canceled the tournament. Major League Baseball canceled spring training. NBA basketball postponed their season. NHL hockey, same thing. All, I mean, NASCAR, golf, every major sporting event was shut down. Every major concert was shut down on their own without the government telling them to do it. So you would have seen people take measured precaution despite it, despite all of this. But with the governors in the cities, in the, in the states, deciding what they're going to do, did they decide to close down too early? In South Carolina, we're seeing a major spike right now. Is this our spike? Before, we're seeing 2 and 3% of people that would come in that would be positive for coronavirus. And now it's up to 20, 22% in South Carolina. Are we seeing our spike now? And that we'll get over that hump at some point and we'll start seeing declining numbers. That's just the way that viruses are. If you look at the flu virus every year, the same exact thing happens. You'll see it spike in the Boston area, then it'll move down to down to New York, and then you'll see it spike into Virginia, down to Florida, and it might start in California and start moving its way across the country from there. But you could see a pattern of the way that viruses move. That's the way that they are. Because of the human interaction that goes on. You could probably predict it pretty well. Based upon models from the last 20 years that the CDC's probably been putting these models together. Of where it's going to go next. I'm willing to bet you if you look at the maps every year of the flu, of the way it travels around... It's probably very similar because you're dealing with population density. One person gets it to 2 to 5 to 20 to 100 to 1,000 and so forth, and it spreads around the country. So why would not COVID be the same way? It's a virus. Maybe it's more transmissible than the flu by a little bit. Maybe it's not. They're not sure about that. The numbers are not accurate right now of just how transmissible it is. But do the governors, should they have all shut down right at the end of March? Shouldn't they have protected the capital that they had? Which I mean, when, when, I, when I say capital, I mean the, the authority, sorry, protected the authority that they had during a time of crisis. Right now, they have no authority with a lot of people's minds because they shut down and nothing really happened until, for example, in Florida, it didn't happen until now. In July. Late June into July. You're seeing the spikes, and it's not until now that you're really starting to see. You're not seeing a spike in New York, even though they're back open. Will you start to see that spike again pretty soon in New York? Who knows? California re-shut down everything. Because they started to see a spike again. But I think you just need to let... And it sounds terrible. It sounds rude. It sounds mean. But maybe you just need to let the spikes happen in some way. It happened in Sweden and they're not seeing a new spike. Because they never shut down. Eventually you're going to have to reopen. 
Maybe they shut down too early, or maybe they shouldn't have shut down at all. Maybe if you're gonna if you're gonna use your authority, you should use it in a wiser way that's not gonna undermine it. Because in South Carolina, everyone's like, "What the heck's going on? No one's got it." I don't see any people dying. I don't see anything happening. Then all of a sudden, they open up. I think it was around Labor Day weekend or so, or not Labor Memorial Day weekend or so. Is then when they really opened up South Carolina and Florida? Because I remember I was going to be going down to Florida for for Memorial Day weekend, and people were a little bit more lax. They were like, "Okay, we got past this. It's over with." They thought in their mind that it was over with, that we got over the hump. But it was only New York that had gotten over the hump. But that was the main numbers in the country of COVID-related deaths. got over the hump in New Jersey and Connecticut and Massachusetts and places where they already had a high death toll as it was. They already had the spike. And then you look at South Carolina and we're just like, man, that was easy. We hardly had any deaths. We hardly had anything happen. And then everyone goes out and does their own thing. Everyone goes back to normal, essentially. Because the government told them they can. And I always say this. When the government tells you something and then they backtrack or they move away from it, then everyone thinks it's okay and it's time to play again. Because authority has, the authority that people have, the authority that the government has, is powerful. It tells people, it signals things to people who are not really paying attention as it is. People will do crazy things because somebody, an authority says it. And when the governor says it, that's authority. Go ahead, go out, have fun. We're going to reopen the restaurants. We're going to take away this lockdown. And now the authority's gone. Now the ability for people to look at it and think, and think about going back into a lockdown again... They don't. They they're not going along with that. They're like, no way. So a lot of the a lot of the governors now they're trying to get these mask the masks in place. A lot of people dispute whether masks masks work or not. I'm on the side of wear a mask if you want to. And if a store requires you to wear a mask, wear a mask. And don't fight them on it. I mean, if I go into Walmart, if I go into a grocery store, if I go into a Walgreens or a CVS or any other place that requires a mask, I wear a mask. I don't have a problem with a private company telling me to wear a mask. It's like coughing into your arm when you have a cold or sneezing into your arm when you have a cold. You're trying to keep some of the particles going into the air and spreading to other people. A mask is kind of like a always having that cover over your mouth and or a small cover over your mouth in some way so i don't see any problem with it it probably if it if it were if it's 25% effective at least you have a 25% less chance of affecting someone else if you have covid i don't think it's going to protect you from the particles that are in the air already as it is I don't think that's the argument that people have. I, but anyway, I don't see a problem with that. But I think that the governors and the people that are running the cities have lost their legitimacy because they locked down too early. So most people think 
think negatively about the idea of locking down again. Think negatively about being safe. Or whatever. And most people are doing what they're told. That's what people do in the world, you know? But I think that they may have locked down too soon. And that probably would have... um, It would have been easier to get South Carolina locked down in July for a month or so. Or flatten the curve in July. If they would have had that big... That uh, if they would have had a big, you know, media campaign to flatten the curve in July, people would have went along with it a little bit easier to lock down, to close businesses, to do different things, right? And not that I'm for the lockdowns. You guys know that I'm not for the lockdowns. You guys know that I've been against the lockdowns from the beginning. And it's not constitutional. It's not something they should be doing. But in public health emergencies governors and, you know, government officials are going to take things into their own hands. I th- but my personal feeling is that Sweden did the right thing. If you look at all of their numbers, you don't hear about how bad they're doing now. You heard about it in the beginning when they were doing bad, when their numbers were high. Oh, look at them. They're terrible for doing what they did. Look how many people they killed. But they didn't lock down. They didn't have anything detrimental to their economy happen. They didn't have people that were forced to stay home. People made their own wise decisions about going out. Their governor, their government told them, be careful, but people were still going out and doing normal things. And now their death rate has gone down significantly. If you look at the graphs, they trend downwards to the point of almost zero now. And we could all get to that point, so I'm for that Swedish model. But no one's going to take the American leadership seriously. And can we sit there, and and this is what I was listening to the other day. You're listening to people talk to Donald Trump. You're listening to these interviews with Donald Trump. And they're saying, are you going to do a national mask, you know, make the mask law national? Are, Are we really asking... Donald Trump to have a national mask law where it becomes a federal crime to not wear a mask? Like, they ask for this top-down control over the entire situation when that's the worst thing you can do is have a top-down control over a huge nation that are in different, different timelines of this pandemic. Let Washington do what they do. Let California do what they do. Let Missouri do what they do on their own timelines. That's the best way to do it. But if you listen to CNN, if you listen to MSNBC, and if you listen to even Fox News, they they criticize him on the leadership and not to defend Donald Trump. You guys know that I'm not a water carrier for Donald Trump, but do they really have that much confidence in federal authority that the federal government is going to do the right thing that the federal government is going to do it the right way just because Donald Trump is in charge of it like they critique Donald Trump on everything he's done why do you want him in charge of it then let the governors make the decision but the governors don't want to make the decisions because they want to be able to fall back on somebody else to blame is what it really comes down to it's always that. we got to pass the buck to somebody else because we don't want that responsibility. But that's what America is. 50 states. 
50 independent states. I mean, ideally, that's what it is. That's not really what it is nowadays. But you have 50 places where you can experiment with better ways of doing things, and then everyone can take the best way and then institute it at their, in their state. That's a good way to do things. Do we want a top-down approach to this? No, because then you have one idea, one way to do it, and if that fails, everything fails. It's never the best way. That's why we talk about limited government, especially at the federal level, as libertarians. So we talk about taking away the power from the federal government and giving it to the states, taking away the power of the state governments and giving it to the local municipalities, taking away their power and giving it to the communities, taking away their power and giving it to the individual. Individual responsibility is where it all boils down to. But when you get, when you pass all of that responsibility up the chain, then people take less responsibility for themselves, and then you end up having people going out and being reckless because they know that they could socialize the cost in some way. So yeah, did they did the country lock down too early? I think so. Did the states lock down too early? Should they have locked down later? If they were going to lock down at all. Absolutely. Except for New York. Except for Seattle. Or, you know, the local municipalities should really make those decisions. Because should you lock down all of New York? If the upstate's not being hit by it? No, because then you wear those people out upstate for two months later when they start having an outbreak. And now they're not willing to be told what to do. Do you lock down the entire country? When South Dakota's not having an outbreak? No, because then when they start to have an outbreak, you have less authority to stand on. Terrible idea. Terrible idea. So let's talk about one more topic before I go to wrap up this show today. What is going on in Portland, Oregon, right? What is going on there? And I've been thinking about this and thinking about it because... You have these riots and these protests that are going on in Oregon. I, don't, I haven't watched the videos on the protests. I don't know if they're being violent or anything like that. I have seen lots of spray paint on the walls and things like that. But what is going on with them sending troops, federal officials into, or federal, I guess, paramilitary troops in some way? And I think they're part of the, uh, part of ICE and I think they do it under the National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA. And that was signed one time by Barack Obama. And I was listening to, I, I remember this back, I don't know when it was, maybe 2012, 2013 or so, when he signed this, the National Defense Authorization Act and allows them, the federal government, to go in and arrest somebody without due process and hold them indefinitely arrest somebody without due process and hold them indefinitely that was one of the laws that was in there and at the time I remember I was so furious with that because Barack Obama did I didn't like Barack Obama in the first place not that I was like some hardcore Republican at the time I just don't I can't stand I was actually a strong libertarian at the time 
not quite as far as I am now, but at the time I was really frustrated with Barack Obama. I was like, how can he possibly do that? Cannot Can he not see that you should not be able to arrest somebody and hold them indefinitely without due process? I thought it was the most terrible idea. Even Ron Paul talked about it back in 2002 when they passed, I think it was the... Um, the Patriot Act or something, I was reading something about what he had said, and he said that, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now, they will be reading this bill completely different than we are now because they'll the federal government will take advantage of it. And that's one of the things that was in there, was the ability to detain people indefinitely. Detaining somebody indefinitely without due process, that is our constitutional right, people, with the Fourth Amendment, you have the right to a speedy trial. You have the right to confront your accuser. And those are things that are taken away because they call you a terrorist. They say that you're a domestic terrorist. Or they say that you committed a crime against the government. But when, they, when Barack Obama signed that, I was furious. And you know what he said? He said, well... I, I won't be using this. Don't worry. I'm not going to use this. But at the time, even then I said it. Yeah, but somebody else will. Somebody else will use it. Somebody else is going to detain Americans indefinitely. You cannot count on a moral leader to always be in office. You can't. And I guarantee you somebody will take it beyond what they're doing in Oregon in the future. Somebody will take it to anyone that speaks out against the government. Can be detained indefinitely. Can be arrested without due process. Can be picked up in vans and taken away to the gulag. Somebody will use it even worse than what Donald Trump is using it for now. Donald Trump might use it for more than what he's using it for now. Political leaders are always trying to figure out a legal way to subvert the Constitution. That's what they do. That's what the Congress does every single time they pass a law. That's what, the, that's what every single president does every time they try to pass an executive order. They are trying to find ways to subvert the Constitution to get around the Constitution's bounds on it, which is the government. And any law that they can use to make that happen, they will. Every single time. And they'll use money to make it happen. There's all different things that the government uses as a bully pulpit to get things done. What we need to do is focus on limiting that government. Speak out against injustices like that. What's going on in Oregon is wrong. I don't care how out of control Oregon is. Oregon is a sovereign state. It has the ability to make its own decisions, the people there do, and the federal government shouldn't be treading on that. But I was reading a piece by Jeff Dice, who's the, um, I guess he's the chairman or the director of the Mises Institute, which is a great, go to Mises.org sometime, you'll love it. There's lots of free books out there. There's even audio books that they have that are free there as well. Lots of stuff that you'll learn about libertarianism through. Um, but he's the director of the, the Mises Institute and he wrote a piece and he says he says, basically 
the left has been dying to have more and more control or the for the federal government to have more and more control over your lives the fe- the left has been pushing for more laws and more restrictions and more of the government being able to take more and more of your stuff more and more of your freedoms and now when the government goes in there and takes those freedoms these people get pissed and they fight it but that's what they've been asking for all along is for a more a government that does more and you, th- you you want the government to do more socially you want the government to protect more people socially you want the government to be fighting against racism you want the government to be fighting against this and against that but when you ask for the government to do more, it's not only going to do it in those aspects, it's going to do it every, in every aspect. Because where there's a give, there's a take. So they'll begin cracking down on your freedoms. You, you talk about Barack Obama, and it's okay for him to do things because he's Barack Obama. But when the other guy gets in control, when the other party gets in control, and they start trampling on your rights... those are the problems man we need to focus on limiting government this is a totally good argument for limiting government in all aspects okay with every chance that you get you should be looking to limit the government and the authority that it has because it will come back and it will be used against you and it's being used against the protesters in Oregon whether how bad they are whether it's going on or not, I don't know. A lot of it's propaganda that you see through different media outlets who have an agenda in the first place. But those things will be used against you. So we need limited government. I preach it every single show. Limited government. That's our focus, okay? So I appreciate you joining me for another look at the 2020 election. Um, but there's not a lot going on in the elections. So that's why I didn't talk about the election today. I heard Joe Biden speak the other day, and that guy about put me right to sleep. He was talking about his economic plan and all that stuff. Yeah, that's crazy, man. He is being so led by what the far-left Bernie Sanders types are trying to push on him. And when he chooses a vice presidential candidate, it's going to be the same. I mean, he's talking about getting rid of shareholder capitalism which is like what our entire economy is based upon right and actually a lot of you guys have built up your 401ks your IRAs your investment accounts buying shares of stock and companies and he's talking about limiting like getting rid of that completely so and I've always been worried about this as well you have a 401k or you have an IRA and those are government regulated accounts that report to the government I'm sure what money is in it I would imagine or somehow it's linked to the government in some way I mean they could figure it out and you have a 401k that has let's let's just say that you've been saving for 25 years so you have five hundred six hundred thousand dollars in there or more or less whatever and the government pulls this thing that they're gonna have that they're gonna get rid of shareholder capitalism and your life savings goes into the tank. Because all of those securities, all those assets just lost value at that point. 
or the government comes in, and this is the biggest fear, that they're going to confiscate the 401ks and say we need it for for people's retirement accounts. What happens then? If the government has the ability to do it, they will. At some point, they will. We need to give it, make it so they don't have the ability at all. And that's by limiting government, like I said before. So, hey, I appreciate you joining me. Keep on coming out and listening. I appreciate uh, those that are sharing the show with your friends. I really appreciate those who have given these, this show a five-star rating and a review as well. Uh, go ahead and do that now if you can. You can check me out on iontheempire.com and Facebook and on Twitter with I on the Empire also. And then the best thing you could do, though, is to come back on Monday so you could have clear vision for 2020.